Welcome to High Panda, the podcast that pits two of the world's most cunning creatures, bizarre beasts, or feisty fauna against each other on a somewhat unorthodox battlefield. Each week, there can only be one true king of the jungle who will be crowned the High Panda. This podcast is not suitable for children due to the rude language. Hello, welcome to the podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm, of course, as always, joined by the man who recently waxed his scales, Timothy Miles. (laughs) Gotta get the fluff off. (laughs) It's that word after Hoover the House. (laughs) I refuse to Hoover. Where'd you come up with these? I just uh, come up with them like I write them on a a piece of paper. Like, wait, how does anyone come up with anything? Just think about them. I feel like you truly believe these things about me. There's, there's too many of these now. I do truly believe these things about you because they're all genuinely true. They are genuinely true. Yeah. If, if we ever go into a video format, people are going to be shocked. <laughs> I'm like a walking medical mystery. So you went to a brewery a couple of nights ago, Tim. We're recording one day late because you went to a brewery. And how were they organising the piss up? Poorly. Poorly, <laughs> which is odd. Because I, I think we're all familiar with the, the insult, you couldn't organise a piss-up in a brewery. Well, I've met the people. I've met these people that this was based on. Um, I won't name any names. I mean, it was, a, it was a good brewery, great selection of beer. We definitely got very drunk. And this was for New Year's, so this is coming out probably a couple weeks after. Yeah. Um, but great night, all in all. Just the organisation was poor, like, just in terms of like trying to order a drink. When it's supposed to be table service only, trying to get someone's attention. Um, you know, not having drinks trays, so you can't carry more than three drinks at a time to a table of ten. The drinks trays thing is really, like, confusing. Um, can we can we do a little bit of a high panda here? Can we do a quick high panda of what would you, what animal would you use to serve the drinks instead? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Something really flat. Like a manta ray? Oh, yeah, back. manta ray would be good. You can have them in little channels that run through the bar as well. What else would be good? Should I go back to my, my all-time favourite, the elephant? They could just <laughs> spray it out the, the truck. The elephant is the answer to everything. Elephants get really drunk, though, don't they? So I, yes. they get quite violent when they're drunk as well, I've heard. I've heard rumour. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't want to be stuck indoors with a drunk one, actually, now you say that. So they could be... <laughs> Yeah, siphoning off a little bit of extra beer for themselves, which would be a problem. We'll do barman at a later date, I think. I think that's a good, a good one to add to the list. Yeah, definitely. You've worked in a pub before, haven't you? Um, as, as a kid. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I um, I saw someone get uh, glassed in a bar once. That was loads of fun. Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, I didn't, <laughs> really? I didn't see it. This is a very <laughs> traumatic story. If you're not a big fan of uh, blood or that kind of thing, I would skip ahead a couple of minutes and just skip this bit out. But I was at a bar and it had like a big bar in the middle of the room and then like the tables all the way around the outside, like the bar wasn't against a wall. Okay. And I was collecting glasses, so I was just walking around the bar, just picking up glasses and stuff. And I walked around... And there was like a couple there and like a few other guys there. And I walked all the way around and came back and they'd all gone. And the bouncers were stood there by it. And all their drinks were there on the table still. And they were, all of them were full. And I was like, walked over to one of the bouncers and was like, do you want me to uh, take these drinks? And he went, 
Yeah, just like don't step in the blood. And I looked down and the floor <laughs> underneath me was just covered in blood. And I let out a noise that I really don't want a big buff northeastern man to let me hear to hear me <laughs> say, which was <laughs> That is horrific. I shit my pants. I did that thing as well, you know, like when something's like underneath you that scares you where you lift one leg up off the floor. I did that. I went, oh! Yeah, you compulsively like pull away, don't you? Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. I never had anything like that when I was working in a pub. It was all very, very yeah, civilised. It wasn't a very nice pub. Yeah. I also found some cocaine once. No! And I... It was in the middle of the table. And I, I was like, oh, there's some cocaine there. And I went to the the manager of the bar and I was like, oh, I think there's some coke on one of the tables. She's like, oh, go tell one of the bouncers. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went and told one of the bouncers, I pointed, and I was like, there's some uh, cork on there. Because I didn't want to touch it because I didn't want to get in trouble yeah. off the policeman. Uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, no worries. Okay. And at the end of the shift, I was like, walked over to the bouncer, and I was like, oh, did you uh, give that coke to the police? And he was like... <laughs> <laughs> so naive. So naive. I was like, oh, okay. So I've just given a bouncer some cocaine. Brilliant. Yeah. I bet he loved you. <laughs> <laughs> Should we crack on with the episode? Yeah, yeah. What are we doing today, Tim? What's the topic? Um, as This will definitely be coming out in January anyway, so I'm sure people are still on their hype to get in shape from New Year's, their New Year's resolutions. So we are doing yes. the best animal to be your gym buddy. Yeah. Who is going to be the swollest volest? Who is going to be the henchest? Can you think of an animal that rhymes hench. with hench? Oh, all I can think is bench. Henchest... Henchus, Henchus Finch. Finch. Finch Who is going to be the the <laughs> strongest? Strongest. <laughs> Can't think of animal there's, names. There's nothing that rhymes with strongest. <laughs> well, Swollest mole was pretty Swollest good though. Swollest mole. Um, I wanted to say mongoose, but it's just too far off. It's insulting. So, Tim, you're going to tell us about the categories today. What three things do our uh, hench animal companion needs yeah what do we think makes the best gym buddy so yeah what we came up with was spectacular and vascular for any of those bodybuilder types uh helping hand for anyone who wants that gym buddy to help you get started maybe to spot your weights for you give you some encouragement that's always good uh and then lastly perfect form you don't want to be training with someone who doesn't know what they're doing yeah, you want someone who is who knows what they're doing, someone who's strong, someone who looks after themselves, someone who can guide you through the perilous gym world. Yeah. The jungle that is the local 24-hour gym. It's wild in there. It's wild. Uh, I get to go first, don't I? Uh, yeah, you do. So what did you go with? Because this is interesting. I've got a Latin name for you. Okay, yeah. Let's see if you can get it, Tim. Llama Glama. <laughs> I have to guess llama, surely. It is a llama. The yes. llama glama is a llama. Is that really? Really? Llama glama? Their species name is G-L-A-M-A. Glama. Oh, man. It's so fucking lazy. <laughs> yeah. So the llama, yeah. or yama, if you're native to South America, is a fairly large mammal. They're a member of uh, the camelid family, which involves all of your camels, llamas alpacas a few others but they're essentially two-toed mammals they have rather than having hooves or having feet they've got two toes Uh, llamas are well known for being quite tall with long necks 
They have an underbite and kind of like goofy pointed forward teeth and they have very shaggy fur. Uh, the fur comes in lots of colours and it's very useful for making ropes and other textiles and stuff. It's quite itchy though, llama wool, if you want it's something a bit soft you need to go for alpaca instead. Yeah, I've got a, a jumper, right, from Peru. Uh, I don't know if that was actually llama or alpaca or something, but... It's from Peru. Yeah, well, so that's, feels that's the thing. When we lived, when we lived in Peru, there was. A, I, I imagine it is made from alpaca because there's lots of alpacas there. But everyone who wants to sell you a jumper, it's made from baby alpaca. Oh yeah, yeah, the softest uh, stuff, right? The softest of soft alpacas. This alpaca <laughs> has never seen the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> we saved it when it was in the mother's womb. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um. But yeah, it's a different species, the alpaca and the llama. They are different species. Oh, okay. Yeah, one's bigger, right? Uh, llama's bigger? Alpaca's bigger? Um, I, I would say their size isn't really the thing that's oh. different. It's the wooliness of their fur. Oh. The, uh, an alpaca looks woollier. Okay. It's got more like sheepy, fluffy wool rather than llamas, which have like lo- more hairy wool. Hairy wool. I like that. Yeah, and a llama <laughs> looks more... <laughs> Don't make it rude, Tim. <laughs> a llama has like more like goat fur. Oh, like maybe more wiry. Yeah. All right. I get you. Okay. Um, what's your animal today, Tim? Have you got got me a nice easy Latin name to reciprocate with? Actually, it might be easy enough to guess. So I didn't know this oh, was the Latin go. name, but when I looked it up, I was like, hmm, kind of makes sense. Uh, so the name is Equusferus caballus. Equusferus. So and. I, an iron horse in a cabal? Equus is horse. Mm. Ferris is like iron. Cabal is like, the, like a secret Cabalus. cabal. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know what a cabalus is, so I'm putting words together here. <laughs> this is exactly Hippo, how I do Hippo, it. But yeah. <laughs> hippopotamus. It's hippopotamus. Oh, mate. No, you're so close. It's just the horse. That's what a oh, horse is. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Cabalus, although I guess I've pronounced oh, it really badly. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like... Uh, Caballo, right, fuck. which is, um, I think that's a horse, isn't it? It's Spanish for horse, yeah. We've got all quite similar animals. We have. Tell us a little bit about the horse, Timothy. Okay, some things I found out about the horse, um, which I'm sure people are already fairly common with. Uh, one thing is that... Start off simple. Start off simple, we'll build up. We're going to start with a nice solid base, <laughs> and we're going to work our way up today. So, uh, firstly, ponies and horses are taxonomically the same. So, the biggest exception between them uh, is their heights. So, they have a cutoff point, which is, you know, borderline arbitrary, I'd say. But the the cutoff point is 14.2 hands, uh, which is 58 inches tall. And that measurement is not actually from, you know, the floor to the top of the head. It's from the floor to the top of their shoulder which is called their withers. Um, so that's how they're The measured. withers. Um, but there are exceptions to that where they'll have, you know, breeds that are sort of thought of as ponies being slightly bigger or ones that are horses that are smaller. In terms of how many breeds of horse there are, I could not nail down a number for the life of me here. I had one source saying 300 horse breeds. I had another yep. saying over 600 that they had a list of. And then I had the, uh, well, some sort of database called the Domestic Animal Diversity Information System, uh, also known mm-hmm. as Dad Is. Where Dad Is. Dad Is, um, very keen on horses, 
because they think there's 4,150 breeds. Oh, I would love to get those three people into a room together and just <laughs> listen to the delightful conversation. Yeah, the best I can figure out is that because so many of the names for the different breeds are in different languages around the world, and some of the variations between breeds can be quite minor, just between like sort mm-hmm. of localization of like differences, I guess. Um, that's why there's so many, and there could be a lot of duplicates in those numbers. Um, that seemed to be the best idea I could get as to why that number's so bloody big. Well, say like 800, that seems reasonable. Should we just split down the middle? I think the person who said 300 doesn't like horses very much and he's secretly killing off lots of... He's, he's killing off lots of different breeds of yeah. horses. He's exterminating them. And then when people say, oh, this breed of horse has gone extinct, he's going to be like, nah, don't be talking about mate. Yeah. It's not in my book. I think his opinion... Look at my book! His opinion is that horses are just big dogs and we don't need any more of them. Horses. They're just big dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, I think like the Native American word when they first saw a horse was like a big dog or painted dog or something, wasn't it? That makes sense. Like what else have you got to like, it's more like a, I nearly said it's more like a dog than a buffalo, but then I was like, by what metrics am I judging that? Well, you can tame a dog, you can't tame a buffalo. Oh yeah. So, although I guess they would have been really familiar with buffalo, they would be like, you can't fucking ride a buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) What, you stupid? (laughs) I don't know, unless you got a death wish, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try it. Yeah, so tons and tons of breeds, but they are still taxonomically in the same species the difference is within different breeds they can all mate and have viable offspring right within different species their offspring will will not be fertile because you get like uh, yeah is it zebras and donkeys and things you get lions and tigers will have a a A zorse zorse and a a zion something like that yeah and then none of those those offspring can't actually have children they can't procreate that's the horse so which category do you want to start with this week? Let's start with spectacular and vascular. Let's get my incredible fuck up out of the way first. <laughs> so spectacular and vascular, right? right? Obviously, like the guy who's going to the gym, he wants to look good. He wants to be spectacular and he wants to be vascular. He wants to be swole. Yeah. Um, so I, I researched some vascular stuff, obviously, yeah. and then realized I didn't have much spectacular stuff. Mm. So then I thought, oh, well, the word spectacular, spectacles, the eyes, let's talk about llama eyes for a while. But then I realized that I'd gone too far away from the word spectacle when I get to spectacular. So they're not really <laughs> the same word anymore. But I've researched llama eyes for a while, so do you want to hear about them? I'd fucking love to. <laughs> if you put in the effort, I will I will listen to it all day. So llamas have really good vision. They've got really big eyes for their heads, which is what makes them quite aesthetic creatures. People like to draw pictures of llamas and have them on their walls because they've got those big, uh, bright eyes. They are very coveted by the internet community, I would say. They're like owls or sloths. People like pictures of llamas, I think. Yeah, those big eyes, that's like um, babies have big eyes for their face, right? I think we're all like pre-programmed to be like, oh, that thing's cute and adorable because it needs taken care of. So we see things with big eyes, we're like, oh. Clearly, the llama has the same thing. Look after it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the llama has horizontal pupils like a goat. Oh, no way. Rather than ours are circular, cats have vertical. Yeah. Goats and llamas, uh, horizontal. horizontal. Oh, mate, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, so they look really weird and creepy if you kind of look at them. When their pupils uh, restrict as well, like the whole pupil doesn't restrict, it's just the bit in the centre of the eye. So they've got, they end up with like what looks like two pupils inside of one eyeball. Oh, okay, yeah. 
not going to stare lovingly into their eyes for long. Yeah. This uh, reduces vision above and below, but it increases uh, panoramic vision. It increases vision on the left and right-hand side of them so that they're better at detecting predators coming at them from the sides. Mm. Oh, like when you get a DVD, but your like, DVD player's on the old setting or something, and it has to change the, the screen. <laughs> Do you know that? Yeah. Where it's like... And then it like, all gets... Yeah. Shorter and wider, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly how they see, yeah. They also have uh, long eyelashes. Mm. I think you'll have spotted that before if you've ever seen a llama. They've got yeah. very long eyelashes. And this is to prevent snow blindness, so it keeps some of the light out of their eyes. At high altitudes, there's lots of snow often. And if you get too much light in your eyes, it can damage your retinas at the back of your eyes, which is called snow blindness. So they've got long eyelashes for that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Would you just would you describe that as spectacular, Tim? I think that is very much about yeah, spectacle vision. I'll take it. I will take it. <laughs> it's the word I guess we're arguing here of is the word spectacle and spectacular close enough for me to research eyeballs. I quite like facts about animals, so <laughs> I mean I don't care, Kyle. Just keep them coming. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how maybe the vision is Good for checking yourself out in the mirror in the gym, something like that, or spotting a free weight bench at the other side of the room. That's always, you know, a coveted skill uh, in the I'm, gym. I'm on board with that, yeah, definitely. Uh, let's go for vascular next. Okay. So the cardiovascular system of uh, llamas is specially adapted to living at high altitudes. Mm. Uh, llamas will often live at heights of up to 4,000 meters above sea level. Uh, here, the oxygen saturation is much lower. There's less oxygen. Uh, and because of this, their red blood cells have a higher affinity to oxygen. How many how many science mumbo-jumbo words did I use there? Uh, oxygen. Oxygen was... Never heard of it. I used the word affinity. Altitude. <laughs> this is big. I used some other words. We're getting to three syllables. If we hit four, I'm going to have to quit. So, yeah, the blood is specially adapted to absorb more oxygen and carry it around the body. Llamas also have higher blood pressure than most other animals because they're used to adapted to living at high altitudes. Uh, higher blood pressure means they can put more blood around their body. If they can put more blood around their body, they can get more oxygen to their cells. Oh, okay. H- high altitude? Mm-hmm. Oh, atmospheric pressure is not really like that big of a change, is it, at the top of a mountain? No. That's what I was thinking. No, that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, no, that's not like the pressure of the air isn't squeezing their blood less. Okay. Well, I guess it is, but only by a marginal amount. Small. Small amount. They're very vascular creatures. They're very good at transporting that oxygen around their body. One of the big symptoms of being at high altitude is called hypoxia. Do you know what hypoxia is? So it's hyper and hypo are the opposite. Hypo. Hypo is when you don't have enough oxygen? Yeah, it it's literally when not enough oxygen gets to your brain and the cells in your brain start to die. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is a problem for fetal llamas. Fetal llamas. Little baby llamas inside of the the baby alpacas that we were talking about earlier on. The ones that are being shaved inside of the womb. Yeah. So they have uh, less control over the altitudes that their parents are at. So if the mother goes too high up a mountain, Mm. uh, the baby can feel the effects of the hypoxia before the mother because they're obviously much smaller and they're getting the oxygen after the mother, essentially. Yeah, they're a bit shitter at the whole thing because they haven't had enough practice, is what we're saying. (laughs) Yeah. I like the idea that, because then obviously they're not in control because their mother is, to some extent, like a mech suit, but not quite 
to the point where they can control where she goes, right? I've never thought about that before, about being in a mech suit. Being in a, the womb is like being in a mech suit, Tim. That's a, it's interesting to think about how your mind works. Mothers are, yeah, they're just a natural miracle of self-growing mech suits, but they haven't gone quite all the way in that, you know, you can't control where they go as, as the baby, the fetus. Um, and I guess there's no, like, arm cannons on them yet. We'll see about that. Did you hear that, Tim? No. So I think that's the sound of every mother in the world standing up to give you a round of applause right there. <laughs> you finally said it. You're the man brave enough to bring <laughs> feminism into the 21st century. Finally. <laughs> the human mech suit. The meat mech suit. <laughs> the meat mech suits of this world unite <laughs> under the rallying cry of Timothy, which is, at least we don't have cannon arms. <laughs> I think they should get cannon arms. I think that'd be great. I think I think I'd listen to my mum more often if she had cannon oh, arms. So, hell yeah. yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> so the llama in the womb can constrict the veins on the surface of their body to push blood deeper into that where their vital organs is. Okay. Where yeah. their vital organs are to prevent hypoxia from happening. Yeah, so they just take away from the, the stuff on the edge that they don't need. They but. squeeze all of, that, all of that useless blood on the outside and they push it all into the middle, into, the, into their like, heart and liver and pancreas and stuff, all the good places, and stop them from dying when they're at really high altitudes. Okay, yeah, that's good. What was that resource management? That is good resource management. I would describe it as very vascular. That is very vascular. It's all about the cardiovascular system. So that is spectacular and vascular, Timothy. Tell me how the horse is both spectacular and vascular. Okay, so I leaned much more on the vascular side of things. You didn't talk about their eyes. I didn't talk about their eyes. I didn't pick up on that, to be honest. So, firstly for the vascular system, uh, a horse... Do you want to do a guessing game? A quick guessing game? How much does a horse's heart weigh? Um, a heart, your heart's about the size of your fist. I know that. I don't know how much my fist weighs. I don't know. How, yeah. Well, horses don't have fists. They don't have fists. I've seen. I've seen beef hearts before. Beef hearts get pretty big. A weigh? Does it weigh like two kilograms? Slightly higher. So they say three point six. That's, that's a very heavy heart. It's the size of a cat, I think. Yeah, my cat weighs about three kilograms. Yeah, I think ours weigh about five. <laughs> <laughs> But we've established this. I saw my family over the holiday and I saw the cats and we're always commenting how our cats are so much bigger than all of our friends' cats. And the thing that all of our friends have in common, including you and Harriet, is that you feed your cats on a designated schedule. (laughs) And we don't. We never have. For whatever reason, we've always fed our cats whenever they've asked. Because they're cats, they ask all the fucking time. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Your cats also aren't that overweight. I don't want the RSPCA to come no, around your house, Tim. No, they're not like these ridiculous, like, fat cats that you see a picture of on the internet. Like, Look how chunky this boy is. Um, they're quite <laughs> fluffy, but they're like solid-looking cats. They're quite long as well, aren't they? They're much yeah. longer than my cats. Yeah, they've just got like a bigger, bigger, bigger skeleton too. But they they've packed it on over the years. Um, so yeah, they're not so, they're not fat. They're big boned. Pretty much is what I'm trying to argue on their behalf. <laughs> I'm trying not to body shame the family cats, but maybe we should have when they were younger and got them to curb their eating. But the, the point of that was a horse's heart weighs about as much as one of your cats, a little less than one of our cats. But they can actually get up to even twice that size. So this is depending on like the differences between breeds. 
think about something like a cart horse versus a pony. The other fact about weight and the cardiovascular system is the heart plus all of the blood vessels in a horse, they reckon mm-hmm. it weighs up to 450 kilograms. That's more than I weigh. It's a lot more than it's a lot more than both of us weigh combined. It might it might be like double both of us probably. Jesus, that is a lot of veins. That could be double both of us. I'm not sure how much you weigh, but it could be. Um, and 34 liters of blood. And if someone if someone gave you um, all of these veins and arteries, Tim, what would you do with them? Well, I weighed them for the podcast this week. <laughs> 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 do you know how long i spent going around to different butchers being like could you get hold of a horse for me <laughs> and the guy in the shop's like there's other customers in there and he's like no don't be ridiculous we'd never get you horse veins and arteries that's ridiculous <laughs> and then the bell goes as they leave and he's like all right meet me around back in 20 minutes <laughs> bring a van <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you don't ask, you don't get. Um, the things are the links I'll go to for this podcast, eh? And then, so that's really basic vascular stuff about about the horse. But there's a really interesting thing to do with the horse and their hooves, or even their feet. So, okay, on the underside of a horse's hoof, and I'll try and describe this because obviously we don't have any video or visual. You have that classic, like the hoof horseshoe shape around the top when you're looking at the underside, right? So think about it flipped upside down. Uh, so you got this big curve of where like the horseshoe would go. Wait, wait. Am I flipped upside down or is the horse flipped upside down? I just want to get this right. In this case, because you asked, we're flipping you upside down. Okay, I'm upside down. The horse is dangling freely so you can see the bottom of its feet and you're upside down Mission Impossible style trying to get the diamond out of the glass case. Are we on Are we on the front hooves or the back hooves? Because if I'm on the back hooves, I want safety equipment. No, we'll, we'll do the front hoof. Because if we put you in the back hoof, we're going to have to give you PPE in case you get shot on. All right, let me... Let me um let me close my eyes and visualize it, okay? Okay, right. So you got yeah. the curve of the front of the hoof where the horseshoe goes. You get that classic horseshoe shape. And in the back of that where the heel starts, you have like a triangle of like sort of padding almost. The, the base of the triangle is at the back of the heel and the point goes up into sort of the middle of the indent of the hoof. So you get this mm-hmm. extra little triangle padding. And that actually makes contact with the floor when they're walking. And the purpose of this thing which is called a frog, is that it sits over the top of something called a digital cushion. So digital as in fingers. Not as in like made of electricity. Horses are unfortunately not part of the matrix, uh, no matter how hard I looked. (laughs) Uh, They're the only things that aren't part of the matrix. Everything else. (gasps) Everything else is in the matrix, but not horses. They're real. Oh my God. Does that mean horses were the ones that actually enslaved us? I've got no idea. Oh. No one does. But horses aren't in the Matrix. Also, Tim, whilst yeah. we're pissing about, can I turn back the right way up? Because all the blood's rushing to my head and I feel like I might pass out soon. Your, your vascular system is struggling. Yeah, it's probably best that you do. Thank you. Oh, I've gone all bright red. Tell me about the digital frog. Yeah. So <laughs> this triangular bit of padding called the frog sits above this uh, digital cushion, which is sort of buried deeper within the foot, within the hoof. And it's filled with all these blood vessels. So when you put pressure on the frog with each step uh, it compresses that digital cushion and helps as like a mechanical pump to push blood back up the leg to the heart going against gravity so it's like an extra little aid to get blood moving around the body because obviously they're quite big right and they can be quite tall so there's a fair distance for the blood to go and interestingly we actually have a very similar system in our own feet 
We don't have a frog, we don't have like a padding thing, but we do have a system where as we walk and our foot flexes against the ground, that pressure in certain areas on the soles of your foot helps to pump blood back up our legs. It's a really neat system. It's actually really low tech. The thing that always reminds me of is um, soldiers on Memorial Day or um, VE Day. You know, when they go and stand at the the big monument, what's that called? Uh, in London, the Cenotaph. Yeah, the Cenotaph. They go and stand at the Cenotaph. Yeah. Um, some of them will pass out sometimes and it's because they have to stand there like up straight mm. and not move at all throughout the whole ceremony. So because the muscles in their legs aren't working, blood starts to pool in the valves of their veins and then they end up passing out. Oh, that's why they pass out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I assumed stories like that was like maybe it was a really hot day or something. I didn't really look into it. And I was like, oh, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. So there you go. Digital frogs, eh? Digital frogs. They are the future. Non-analog horses. <laughs> so that's kind of what I focus really on vascular uh, I didn't go down the eyeball route for horses. That's pretty good. Okay. I think having having a special pump to uh, pump the blood up to your body is really cool. I like that. Yeah, it's um, it's something you don't really think about because obviously we're told in school and stuff like, oh, the heart pumps it round. It's just the heart does it. Um, I was like, okay, but there's other things to help it out all around the body. So we need to score spectacular and vascular. Do need to score spectacular and vascular. And I guess this all really hinges on is, is the word spectacular close enough to spectacle, which is close enough to an eyeball for me to take the victory? As in, can we play a word association game to wrangle this? And (laughs) considering we are the, was it, the masters of our fate, the captains of our ship in this podcast, just the two of us, I say, fuck it, yeah. I'm going to stop you there, Tim. I'm going to stop you there because I reckon we're two episodes away from the category being, like, strong. And then I go, oh, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger's strong. And Arnold Schwarzenegger was known as the governor and... The governor is a role in the government and I therefore picked the bald eagle. Because <laughs> they're called a government of eagles. Gov- are they called a government of eagles? I don't know. I don't know. Is that where you're going? <laughs> I, that's the point. We're going to reach the point where, we just, where we're so far removed from ourselves. I think you need to take this one, Timothy. You, I, you, want, me, to, you order... want me to be the strict parent? Punish me, daddy. Oh, God, no. Fucking up. <laughs> don't. Please don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to hear those words come from your lips ever again. Promise me now. I promised him. This is your New Year's resolution. You have to do it. I count out to you. All right. Although you came with 110% effort, you had bucket loads of facts. We're knocking out all the I facts. I didn't didn't stay within the remit of the yeah. category and I'm therefore disqualified for this round. You get minus points. If you carry on, you might even get a yellow card. <laughs> And then you'll be banned from the next episode. <laughs> oh, that'd be awful. Shall we move on to category two? Okay. All right. So I'll take spectacular and vascular. Let's go on to helping hand, right? A helping hand. Mm. Yeah. So llamas, very, very helpful, Timothy. Very helpful creatures. Yeah. Help you cross the road, carry your groceries. Well, that I assumed you were going to pick something that wasn't a horse because <laughs> the old... Like, all of my facts are about how llamas are really good at helping carry stuff. So, a horse is better. I've I've lost this one, like, at the start, which is unfair. I'm going to try my best. The Argentine military uh, has 20 llamas, which they use to transport equipment at high altitudes. 
Uh, if you Google Argentine military llama, you can find llamas with, um, I don't know much about guns. Cannons? Tim, do you know any, not cannon, like big machine gun. Do you know the name for like what a big machine gun is? M30, that type Maybe, of gun. Uh, a big sniper is a Barrett 50 cal, but... So they can carry loads of up to 60 kilograms, which doesn't sound like a lot, but over the terrain that they're carrying them at and the altitude that they're carrying them at, sometimes as high as 3,500, even 4,000 metres high, it's a lot of weight. Uh, normal animals can't deal with the hard terrain and high altitudes. It also makes them really good as hunting animals for carrying packs when hunting. I read an article online by a guy who used to use goats to transport stuff in really hard, difficult terrain. But now he exclusively uses llamas. So there's like one hillbilly out there somewhere in America (laughs) using llamas instead of goats to transport meat from kills around. Does that count? Maybe. Is he an expert? Probably not. Am I going to count it anyway? Yeah. If it works, don't laugh at it, I think. Right? It's, uh... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, think about this. If you're going out hunting, you're going to be going out somewhere in the wilderness, right? You're not going to be nearby a road where you can just pull your Jeep up or whatever and then drag a deer carcass, what, like 20 metres and chuck it in the back. However far you go away from the camp, you've got to get it all the way back. And using a llama. Yeah. Very important. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't want to squat a deer all the way back to wherever, like two, three miles. Fuck that. But your good, your good gym buddy, the llama, will squat an entire deer carcass across the gym for you. Thank you. Thank you, gym buddy. <laughs> so my final thing about llamas helping is llamas are really useful for protection. If you've got a herd of sheep, because llamas are really territorial, you farmers will often buy a llama. Farmer, bu- fa- 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 farmer buys a llama, farmer buys a llama, llama farmer. <laughs> the farmer buys a llama for his sheep herd. And then the llama will, because they're herd animals as well, will associate with the sheep. And then because they're more territorial than the sheep, if a wolf or something attacks, the llama will attack the wolf, giving the sheep the opportunity to escape. Okay, so they'll stop people pinching your gear at the gym as well. They will, yeah, because they um, they also spit. I've got a little bit about spitting later on, but they do spit at people. The problem with this is if you have if the llama farmer gets a single llama, then that's fine. But if the llama farmer gets two llamas, then that becomes a problem because the llamas will associate with other llamas more than the sheep. So they'll no longer protect the sheep. They'll just form a little two man herd of llamas, little little two man llama llama pack. And then if the wolf comes, they'll just fuck off straight away. Oh, okay. So, which might yeah. sound like a might sound like a a problem, but it is loyalty, Timothy. There, loyalty to you at the gym. They're not going to find a better gym buddy and go off with them. They're your gym buddy, unless you're a sheep. Yeah, if you're also a llama, you're cool. If you're like a small, weedy sheep that can't protect themselves, and you've got this big buff llama gym buddy. You just want to make sure they don't meet any other llamas. Yeah, it's one llama per gym. One llama per gym. Okay. One llama. <laughs> I like this llama. You are nailing those llama farmers. Or oh, I was llama like, this far- is a tongue twister. We're, we're coming on the, the verge of making our own tongue twister. So, yeah. So the parameter of the llama. I say parameter of the llamas. That, is that is that parameter, another one as well? The parameter. the parameter of the llamas. The llama farmer likes parma ham. All right. Make some Move on. in there. All right. Move on. Um, Move on now, quickly. All right. Is that all your, your smoke bomb? 
is... <laughs> yeah, go, move on. <laughs> okay, helping hand. Uh, yeah, as you guessed it, I've got a shit ton uh, about the helping hand. So let's just start with some of the basics again and build our way up. That's how I like to do it. Mm. So firstly, uh, horses domesticated around 4,000 years ago. So they've been helping us out for 4,000 years. You're starting at the very beginning. On a dark and stormy night 4,000 <laughs> years ago, a young man saw a horse and thought, you know what? I'm having that. <laughs> Come here, you bastard. <laughs> 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 and that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> um, so here's a list of some various jobs that horses have done that have helped us. So transportation over various terrains, pulling carts, use for logging. Like this is really good for areas that they want to get into forests that they can't get like a full size vehicle into. And a horse is great for getting in and out of the trees and dragging these huge logs. It's what a lot of these like large cart horses are used for. Just a quick question, Tim. Yeah. Tim, just a real yeah. quick question, sorry. If your horse can't get into that territory though, what will they send instead, do you think? If it's I'm, too I'm not I refuse to say it. I'm not gonna I refuse to say it. Well there's no trees over a certain altitude. So I mean fuck you. <laughs> send a dog. I'm, try- I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back. <laughs> he's not going down easy they were used a lot for mining right we uh, had pit ponies in the uk used for racing and entertainment Mm -hmm. companionship people have pet horses one particular breed that's uh, notably for companionship is the falabella very very small horse very adorable police work you know you see uh, riot horses crowd control the military not so much now but they certainly have an element in there and then the horse itself has been used for milk meat Hide and bones. Ooh. So that's, you know, they've done a lot over the years. I wanted to also talk about, so the amount of work that they do and the term horsepower, right? Which we use yes. typically for cars. Yeah. I dug into this because I remember hearing something about like, you know, how much horsepower does a horse have? I thought a horse had four horsepower. That's what I've heard from someone. Right. So I've got slightly different, but we'll start. It's just what I remember. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not. Basically, they don't just have one horsepower. Is the point? Or they're not. Okay. They're not incapable of doing more than one horsepower. The term horsepower or the measurement horsepower was something that was created by a guy called James Watt, who was also responsible for the measurement of energy. The watt. It's named after him. So what he was doing was he was trying to make a measurement to show people that it was more efficient for them to switch to steam engines rather than using horses. For all sorts of labor this could be things like turning a mill wheel for example so what he did is he calculated in an average day's work that a horse could turn a, a 24 foot mill wheel around two and a half times per minute okay. and then he figured out right so how much how much force is being put into that over that time to figure out like sort of how much energy is being used uh, and he reckoned that that was uh, 33,000 foot pounds per minute not that that really matters to the story for us however so that's just for him to go to gauge, look, this is the average of what a horse can do in a day. But what's their mm-hmm. maximum horsepower, right? Like, what's the biggest number you could get out of a horse? So in 1993, two biologists, uh, R.D. Stevenson and R.J. Vassersuk, they tried to um, estimate the maximum power of a horse. And they did this using studies that had figured out the maximum sustainable power per kilogram of muscle as being somewhere between 100 and 200 watts and then they figure out right so like how big's a horse they went for the lower 
of those two numbers as well. So they use the 100 watt one. And they theoretically got to a peak performance of 18,000 watts, which converts to 24 horsepower in theory, right? They didn't measure this with a horse. They just ran the numbers. This sounds like classic scientist laziness, doesn't it, Timothy? They won't go out into a field and see a real horse, so they'll just do maths problems in their head and their eye. <laughs> well... Get outside, see a proper horse, come on! I'm, I'm glad that I can I can waylay your, your fears here about lazy science because what happened after that is that people looked at actual data from the Iowa State Fair, the 1925 Iowa State Fair, to mm. see what the sort of amount of work horses were exerting. And they got their calculation at 14.9 horsepower. So that was based on real numbers for maximum effort of a horse. So it probably does probably doesn't even know what a horse is, does he? I'm angry. I'm angry. So viciously angry. I'm so, just so annoyed. Do you reckon this is the Gosh. the same guy responsible for the very low number of horse breeds? Is actually one or or both of these scientists? He's never even seen a bloody horse. He doesn't know what one is. Last week he was up, last week he was <laughs> round my house. He's looking at the lampshade, going, "Oh, that's a very interesting horse breed you've got there." He hasn't got a clue. <laughs> We're just casting all sorts of aspersions. <laughs> I hope these people don't hear this. I feel so bad. This this is 100% a joke, and I obviously understand the hard work that is done by scientists. <laughs> I just don't think they know what a horse is. I'm furiously texting Kyle as we speak, being like, shut up, you're going to get us cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, basically, one horsepower is the average amount of work a horse could do in a day and a horse is capable of doing up to 14.9 horsepower as like maximum effort okay now we're also talking about helping hand you may or may not know that a hand is the unit of oh, measurement fuck right? off. yep so i mentioned um, that tim no difference. sorry what? tim come stop. on no i'm coming to, i'm i'm already i'm right i'm <laughs> so i'm up to here I'm up to here right now with these um, horse how? scientists already. And now you're going to put this bullshit on me. Now you're going to say, oh, hands is a type of measurement and they help it, people and they're measured in hands. How many, I don't think so, Timothy. You, I will quit. Just for the listeners, when you said you're up to here, you did the classic movement of holding his hand up to show a level. How many hands high were you holding it? How, how many oh. hands are you over this? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Go on, tell your fact. Tell your fact whilst I sulk. All right, it's a it's an old unit of length, and it's been standardised now as four inches or ten point one six centimeters. If you want to be really anal about it, it's really only used for measuring the height of horses. And I mentioned the the difference between the horse and the pony. That height is from the ground to the top of their shoulder. Um, the unit of measurement, the hand, was originally defined as the breadth of the palm including the thumb so if you hold your hand out and splay your fingers it's from the tip of your pinky to your thumb uh, and they've had like various lengths uh, being used by Egyptians Hebrews Greeks Romans and others all through the ages but they kind of settled on the actual like definitive size of the hand using a statue of King Henry VIII. And that's how they got ah. to the four inches. They said, all right, we've got to standardise this some, to somewhat. It's been used for many, many years. Uh, let's just go off of this statue of the king. Last but not least, helping hand for a gym buddy, as well as putting oh, yeah. in the work, really important is nutrition. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about the, the nutrients of horse meat. Because <laughs> 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 if you ever need a 
little pick-me-up, a little tasty treat. Only the very best of gym buddies will let you have a little snack. From the, them themselves. From them themselves. Giving it up. Giving up the flesh. So I've got some comparisons between 100 grams of horse meat and 100 grams of... Okay. So the quick thing is horse meat is higher in iron, vitamin B12, copper and phosphorus. However, beef mm-hmm. has more zinc, selenium and monounsaturated fat. Okay. So the iron for horse meat is 30% higher. It has two times more copper than beef and horse meat has less cholesterol. Tim does actually have in front of him a packet of horse meat and a packet <laughs> of beef and he is just reading it off the back now. I went all in this week. Can you tell me a bit about those macros then? What's, yeah. how, what's the difference in the macros? What I will say... And this is the most important thing, I think, for gym, because all gym heads are really concerned about protein intake as well as their calories. So horse meat does have less grams of protein than beef per 100 grams of meat. They have 21.39 grams of protein in horse meat versus somewhere between 36 and 29 grams of protein for beef. However, 100 grams of horse meat is 133 calories, whereas 100 grams of beef is 310 calories, so over twice that. So beef, slightly higher in protein, but uh, much more calorific. So if you want a high-protein, low-calorie option, horse meat's the one to go for. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) I am desperately now looking for the protein content of alpaca meat. (laughs) Alpaca meat, nutrition, here we go. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm interested to hear, actually. How many How many grams? How many grams? Oh, what, what do you want? For which one? 100 grams. Protein. Yes, please. It's 23 grams for alpaca. <gasps> nine, 19 grams for beef. Oh, you've got different numbers to me. Horse, horse isn't on there. This is made by alpacameat.com, so I don't know how. Oh, well, they've, they've <laughs> put beef very low compared to the numbers I've got. Oh, the important question is, which is higher, beef alpaca. or horse? Alpaca Al- or horse? Uh, alpaca's higher. Oh, there we go. All right, so you can add that one in for your helping hand. <laughs> Shall we score at this point? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. I did I did really want to quickly talk about, which you didn't mention, horses uh, horses working together. Have you, heard, uh, have you heard about this? Horses working together? To what end? So if you get a horse and let's say... A horse can pull a, a oh. cart which has like 500 kilograms of weight on it. Mm-hmm. and then, But then if you have two horses pulling it, they can pull like 1,200 kilograms. They can pull like more than twice as much. And then if you have two horses which are friends, they can pull like three times as much. They can pull like 1,500 kilograms. For horses which are friends are better at pulling than horses which aren't, friend, aren't friends. Which I think is the ultimate gym buddy thing. That is absolutely the ultimate. Thank you for that, because I didn't know that. Where did you hear that? Internet. I might be. A, I did have a fever dream like a few weeks ago, <laughs> so it might have been in that. I mean, it just sounds, it sounds like it might be an issue of motivation, right? The friend thing. And that's what you need in a good gym buddy too. You need someone to encourage you. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. I thought we were going to end up down that rabbit hole. I think, what was it? Oh, the cleaner ass. Is the cleaner ass? Because if there's two, one cleaner ass will clean one fish in yep. ten minutes. But two cleaner. I've been ass... having since you started talking about horses. I knew that I needed to talk about this because I remembered it and I thought, oh, that's cool. But then I was having heart palpitations that you were going to start doing the cleaner ass <laughs> bit again. So I got it out as quickly as possible. 
<laughs> oh, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> if you haven't heard the cleaner ass bit, it, which episode is that from? The cleaner ass is the best. It's one of the it's... earlier ones. No, superhero sidekick first episode superhero sidekick cleaner ass go back and listen to that tim is very annoyingly pretending to be confused for far too long about the hey, simplest of concepts you say pretend i say you're just, bull- <laughs> you're just bullying an idiot <laughs> scores scores on the doors please right scores on the doors. How, how are we feeling i would say i would say circumstantially under under niche conditions like your gym is on top of a mountain yeah or, or... you want to do you you're training to climb a mountain train to climb or Everest. you're or you're an alpaca and yeah. you want to go to the gym with another alpaca. Alpaca is the best to go. But I think general day-to-day llama. gym attitudes. llama? Llama, sorry, not yeah. alpaca. Don't worry. I would say the horse is probably going to be better, right? I think their use is broader. Their helping handness, like how helpful they are, it, it's very broad. Whereas llamas are more specialised, but I think equally as helpful in those situations, but more specialised to altitude. But more Timothy. protein. More protein. I'm going to give it to you. You're, I think you're the high panda this week. Do you want to do the last one for fun or oh, do you just want to go no, home? I def- no, I want to do the last one. I, d- I mean, All it's right, not fine. my best one. Don't get me annoyed by horse scientists anymore then, okay? okay? I don't mention another horse scientist. Some guy who's never left the Arctic Circle, has never seen a horse, has written a paper <laughs> about horses. I just want to tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> thinks there's 300 types of horse <laughs> all right um my last one the last one is perfect form isn't it yeah perfect form i've got a couple of little bits on this i've got a couple okay. of little bits on this so perfect form i want to talk about the sherwood forest golf resort in california okay never heard of it never heard of it it is the world's only golf course that rather than using uh Human caddies or motorized caddies uses alpacas as the caddies on their golf course. What? Why? Just for the, for the fun of it? Yeah, just because it's cute and people like walking about of alpacas, I think. So the llamas and alpacas will walk around carrying your clubs for you. Uh, alpacas can't be can't be ridden. They can't be ridden as beasts of burden. Uh, oh. But they are strong enough to carry a golf clubs on their back okay um how do they do at like giving you advice on the green because that's one thing caddies do too right they recommend here we go timothy so at at the sherwood forest golf resort there is a superstition that after uh an alpaca or a llama makes a certain noise then you'll hit a perfect shot so they'll make a certain type of grunt and then if you hit the ball after that then you'll make a perfect shot. No. And the golfers apparently will stand around on the green and wait for the alpaca or llama to make the noise <laughs> to say that it's good for him to hit the ball and then hit the ball. <laughs> it must take so fucking long to get a game done up there. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it. Or it's a noise that they very commonly make. I don't Not know, perhaps. but... <laughs> I can just imagine like three or four old blokes all standing around like, oh, you can go first. No, 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 you go, you go first. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for Susan the llama to make that grunting noise she does. <laughs> then as soon as she does, all four of them just like jump in wildly swinging. <laughs> yeah, it's my go, it's mine. Golfers are weird, aren't they? They are very weird. I am not a golfer, as you can tell. Yeah. Yeah, so we've already talked about how llamas are camelids and how they've got two toes. They've got really soft, padded feet, and apparently this gives them better grip and control whilst walking over rocky terrain because mm. they live in quite mountainous environments. 
this also helps them to leave minimal tracks behind them so predators can't find them. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I thought that was quite good form. It was quite good, like, quite dainty on their feet. Quite good form. Stealth mode. And the last thing is that llamas can spit up to 10 feet in someone's face. Like, that's pretty good. That's that's (laughs) perfect form. Not good for the person. (laughs) It's good form, I think. (laughs) Good shot. Good shot. Four. (laughs) Something I found out about llama spit is when they do this, they actually regurgitate air. the contents of their stomach up, the acids from their stomach into their mouth and spit it at people. Oh, Actual acid damage. Oh, so it's not even, yeah, it's not just saliva. The llamas hate the taste of it so much that they then kind of just stand there with their mouth agape to like air out their mouth afterwards. <laughs> they must really fucking hate whoever they're spitting at to, to go through that then. Yep. Do you, um, do you want to go with yours? Because that's all I've got on the llama. Okay. I think, I think I've, I read the golf, golf course one and I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm researched. I'm done. Yeah. Beat that, Tim. Okay. I will talk about perfect form for the horse. So I first thought, oh, great. I can talk about um, like dressage. You know, you seen when the horses oh, yeah. do the special thing and they like prance and they go around in like special patterns and it's all very perfectly controlled. However, all of that stuff is not a judgment of the horse. It's a judgment of the rider. So I learned the that. The rider does there. that. Well, the the rider's responsible and they're not judging the horse as much as they're judging the rider's ability to control the horse. So it's not a judgment of the form of the horse. It's can this rider take this horse and get it to do all of these various things uh, without any sort of deviation. Um, So actually, you know, that was a misconception. But then what I did... At the Olympics, you just get given a random horse, don't you? Yeah, so that's the point of it, right? You can't come with your favourite horse that you've drilled this with them for so long and they're familiar with you. You've got to just, you know, take what you're given. Be good on horses. Yeah, and just, you know, be able to command this horse in, in a way that, you know, gets through the course perfectly. So Can I make one more point about dressage, though? Yeah, of course you can. If you uh, watch dressage wearing those red and blue 3D goggles, mm-hmm. uh, that will actually give you the secret codes that work us out that we're inside of the Matrix. <laughs> Is it whenever they flick the bottom of their hooves up and you see that digital frog? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you can see the numbers. <laughs> yeah, but I can, you can see the code whilst watching. You've got, a, you've got to put a lot of acid inside of your anus first. <laughs> This is a whole new level to the Matrix. <laughs> then you've got to go live to the actual event. And it has to be the Olympics. Yeah. And just as it starts to kick in, you have to put the goggles on and you just have to go, horses are the only thing that's analogue. <laughs> and that's that like that glitches it out. And then you learn the truth. You've and then you free. learn the truth. Yeah. Uh. And then the people dressed like Agent Smith will come and try and get you. Those are just security guards. Okay, They have nothing to do with us. I would truly love if there was a news story that came out sometime after we air this where somebody did this at the next Olympics. Yeah, Tim, when's the next Olympics? Because I'm going and I'm doing that. I've done it. I've done it plenty of times. Just Google it. (laughs) Okay, it's going to happen and I can't stop it. Well, we'll see what the result of that is. Um, So then what I want to talk about is actually judgment of the form of a horse. And there is actually a bunch of categories that horse people... I don't know what you call them, horses, people who like horses, who buy and sell horses and ride horses. 
Um, so they have horse some aficionados. Horse aficionados. That sounds good. Yeah, we'll go with that. Horse aficionados. Um, so they judge on a couple of categories. They are balance, structural correctness, way of going, also known as tracking. <laughs> I think I think somebody ran out of names for a minute. They're like, I can't think of something for this. Um, muscling uh, and breed and sex character. Sorry, muscling and way of going are two categories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what they are. Don't worry. <laughs> so the first one is, is balance. Uh, and they, they rank this as like the highest, like the most important thing to judge on. Uh, and it's really based on the horse's bone structure. So it's about them having like sort of an equal symmetrical body shape based on their bone structure and having like good proportions. So regardless of what size the horse is, any size horse could have good or bad balance. It's really depending on what their their bone structure is as well. Uh, and it also goes a, a long way to determining how good their muscling is because the muscles sitting on those bones be more equal in like size and shape if the bone structure underneath it is the same size, right? Um, Can I just say, as a yeah. gym buddy, that would be your two song, though, wouldn't it? Be every day I'm muscling. Yeah, it would actually. And like, yeah, key thing is you don't want to have like a lopsided gym buddy. No, you want and that it, perfect form. You want to get nice and symmetrical. They've also got the the other one was structural correctness. So it's talking about clean movement. It does also go into like a lot more about the legs and the structure and the, the bones in the legs, um, which can also then determine stuff like to do with the balance as well. So these are kind of like intertwined. The one way of going, which is also known as tracking, is exactly as you would think. It's about how the horse moves. So they've looked at it kind of standing still and going, like, oh, nice uh, proportions. And then they go, all right, let's see it move. Let's see its way of going. Let's see its way of going. That's such a country term. That's got to be a country term. Absolutely. Muscling, um, a lot less important than the others, but it is the the quantity and quality and distribution of the muscles. This is like the bodybuilders category, I guess. And they just look at it from the sides and the front and the back to just determine that. And then the last one was uh, looking at their breed and sex character. So, you know, if you're looking at a breed, uh, a certain breed of horse, you want to see that it matches that breed as closely as possible to what is, you know, that breed is defined as. Same as when you look at like pedigree dogs, right? So they say, oh, what's the right shape, the right colouring um, for the coat, uh, um, things like that. So they just make sure that it is matching up to what it should be. There you go. That's how you judge a horse. That's a crash course. My sex character is Q. What? Q? My s- yeah. Because you said <laughs> determining their sex character. So Sorry, my sex character is Q. QT. <laughs> I almost didn't get that. I was like, what? <laughs> fucking love it i was just gonna say this whole like perfect form section for the horse sounds a bit to me like like a horse ethnographic horse racism really it really does here's my question about here's my question about this right how how much would like a top scoring horse cost oh i have no fucking idea but it's gotta be thousands right now how much money do you have not enough no how, how good of a horse do you think you could afford Probably like on that scale, man in pantomime costume. I would I would go for like a mutt. If if horses have mutts like dogs do, I would yeah. I would just get that. 
So if you get that horse, that horse doesn't have perfect form, scientifically speaking, categorically speaking. Yeah, for what I could afford. Yeah, your horse isn't going to have perfect form. My but... llama is going to spit in your face. Pretty good, <laughs> perfect form. <laughs> but what if one of these really perfect form horses voluntarily wants to work out with me at the gym? Well, <laughs> it's, it's possible, Tim. You it's are possible. a very nice guy. How many well, carrots do you own? I have many carrots. I have a whole bag of carrots. Then maybe. Th- <laughs> do you want to give me this last one, Tim? Because yeah. helping with golf's go helping with golf swing. I don't think you can get much better than that. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So we do a two traditional two one. Traditional two one, but you won the first two this time, which is very untraditional of us. Untraditional, yeah. Our British politeness really comes out in these things, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, I want to argue with you a lot, and then I get a bit kind of bashful. Then we reel it back in again. We say, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry after you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, So I am the high panda. Yes. Well done, Timothy. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, We've got a couple of bits of admin. Firstly, we have a guest on next week, don't we? Uh, Yes, we do. And it is next week. And I definitely didn't forget that it was next week. Very good. Next week, we're going to be doing the best starter pokemon right which animal would make the best starter pokemon yep so this is and we're going with like the original original so the starter pokemon in the originals you've got yep squirtle bulbasaur charmander charmander so we want something equivalent to one of those but it doesn't have to be exactly the same right we've got some categories we've figured out we've got some categories it's all figured out it's all ready to go okay but the admin is we need to be on our best behavior is what you're saying we have to on our best behavior we have to tidy up round here no fucking around clean the house use nice language we don't want them thinking that we're absolute savages uh brush your teeth exactly 100 (laughs) percent all right i'll do all those things next week (laughs) okay um secondly we have an instagram account don't we now we do. Yep. So we're going to start posting stuff about each of the episodes. And what we're going to try and do is once I get enough posts up to catch up to how many episodes we've got out, uh, I will put up what we're doing for the next episode and people can comment what they think would be good, what they would choose right before we've announced what we've chosen. So people have a week to kind of think among themselves what would be good for that topic. Tim. How are people going to find the the Instagram if you don't say the name of us? Oh, uh, Hi Panda Pod. <laughs> like everything. Or you, or you can of course go to at Hi Panda Pod on Twitter if you would prefer to speak to me over Timothy. I'm a much more <laughs> rational man. <laughs> oh, are we going to make a competition now between the two accounts? I think we're going to have to, yeah, because we've oh, we've both split it. our split our attentions between the two accounts. You're younger and cooler. Am I younger and cooler? You're more down. You're older and cooler. You're more down with the kids than me. I'm on the old, old stodgy Twitter. You crusty old man. You're you're on down on the gram. I think this episode's gone on for long enough. Too long. All right. Should I say goodbye then? Say goodbye for us, Timothy. I will say goodbye to everyone with this final gym fact for anyone trying to get those gains. The best thing a good gym buddy can do for you is giving you lots of cuddles. For recovery after your workouts and also cuddling releases endorphins which makes your workouts more enjoyable and additionally the act of cuddling is a great chest and arms workout it was rumored that arnold schwarzenegger cuddled his gym buddies up to 15 times a day 
So can't be wrong then, can it? <laughs> Good luck with all your, your gym goals and we'll see you next week. Bye. Search analog horses. They're real. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.